came here to say Who won it from the jump? Came here to we came to get exactly what you want Came here to say that you don't really want it with us yeah. We love you know We came here to say that you don't really want it with us yeah. Yeah. The sports show Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell happened to the music? Why didn't get no music in my head? Because you're on your phone. That's, that's a you. That's a you problem. That sucks. I hate that. Gotta tap the button. that says tap for sound. Vin, um, Vin, it's uh mandatory if you're a guest, you have to say yeah. Girl. Did he say girl? No, that's pretty good. I'm better than Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> Wilkins, Wayne Wilkins, dude. He's such a verbose. Guy, I figured he would he just, do a good year. He just decided he doesn't, even he doesn't say want to year. say it. He, he doesn't, doesn't even say, say it. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah. yeah. He says, "Fly, <laughs> Eagles, fly." Oh, yikes! <laughs> yikes! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to episode one thirty-five of the Your Sports Show. I am your host, <laughs> Big Baby, aka the Soul of R and B. To my bottom left, we have the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. That's what's up. That's what's up. To the bottom right, we have Mr. Maxine Shaw, a.k.a. BK Matt. Can't call me that no more. Ooh. <laughs> Can't call me that no nah, more. He, he's missing. He's missing Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Thank you. Ooh. I'll take that. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It's gang green time all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know about oh, that. Let's go. Rock, Aaron's going to hit him with that same Adam Schefter tweet. Lose my number. Thanks for trying. First of all, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. We're not doing that. No, we're not taking no Aaron Rodgers slander, especially not from no New York Giant fans. That's why I gave Daniel Jones that dumbass contract. Y'all can't tell me nothing tonight. Nothing. I'm a Jets fan. And I said, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, I'm a Jets fan, too, and I don't believe I, in Aaron Rodgers. What has this look, man done all, in, in the past 10 so- years to give you an idea that he's going to improve the Jets? Oh, we starting off right. Back back right. That's what he did. Okay, what does that, that mean? And, the, and did that and did that equate to a title? Look, it's a team sport. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay that's exactly right. Now. You are 100 percent right. It is a team sport. And Aaron Rodgers is basically getting like a division. way better team than that Green Bay team ever did. But he's playing in a tougher it. division in a tougher well, in the tougher conference. Exactly. In the exactly. tougher conference. Did I say we are winning a Super Bowl? I just said I'm hyped for Aaron. No, Rodgers but you got that Super Bowl guys, swagger guys, right now. On, You're way too hyped for a guy who's coming in for one year. Yes. Hold on, guys. I have that swagger. Guys, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Get to it. We'll get to it. And once again, we have the Queen 25K Tay. What's going on, Queen? Not much, not much. Uh, working and yeah, finally doing. Can't stop. Won't stop. She always working. Take that, take that. And then we have a special guest today, Mr. Special Guest, Mighty Vin. Please introduce yourself. Hey, how you going, everybody? My name is uh, Vin Forte, aka Mighty Vin. I host uh, Oddball with Vin Forte, which is a sports podcast. I also co-host Wrestle Rap with uh, Mr. Emilio Sparks. Um, and, uh, yeah, so check those podcasts out. Uh, if you like what you're going to hear today, uh, from me, then go definitely download, uh, oddball subscribe, uh, on Apple stitch, you know, I get podcasts from you're listening to one right now. So I need to tell you that, but I do a lot of, uh, like to just to sum it up, like, uh, sort of big topics 
in sports, like go like sort of deep diving on bigger issues. I'm not really a guy and not to knock it, uh, but just for me personally, I'm not a guy. It's like, okay, let me break down every single game that happened this week. Like, let me break that. Like, I like to pick a couple big topics, really sink my teeth in. Now I do interviews as well. Recently did an interview with uh, second interview with Rob Parker from FS1. Uh, about the MLB and uh, the, um, the, uh, the NBA season. Uh, it's coming, that's sort of winding up right now. Uh, I've interviewed Alan Hahn from ESPN, uh, Peter Rosenberg from uh, uh, Hot 97, and of course uh, the Michael K Show here in New York. A uh, bunch of other people from places like SB Nation, Anscape, ESPN. So go subscribe uh, you know, wherever you get podcasts and check that out. Absolutely, Mighty Venue you in these streets and you're doing all the good things. Right, all the good things. Matt, what is that on your head? It's my hoodie. Yeah, you should probably take your hoodie off. We, we we want to see your hair. Why? Because you said I can't call you Max and Shaw no more. So I would love to see what you have on your head. A do rag. Okay, take your do rag off. I'm good. <laughs> ordering we start now. We start now. We start out spicy. Take your do rag off. What the hell? You gotta take Hit, your do rag off. Them with the hitting them with the give me a sandwich, Dave. Damn, just Matt probably look. Matt probably look like Montel Jordan when you take his do rag off. So. I would never, never go bold. I mean, at, at least, at least Matt's wearing more clothes than John Morant was in that security video. Yeah, well, that's a that's that's a that's a good segue. Because corny I saw shit. the rundown. I know what we're talking corny about. Shit. Corny shit. It's, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. But we like to start this show by asking about how everybody's week was. So we always start with the queen. Queen, how was your week? My week is still going very long. Yeah, well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm with her. Mom's the same way. Mom, there you go. Short, short and sweet. <laughs> Pete, yours? Uh, I'm finally coming off the the, the bender and and uh, that was last weekend, um, mm-hmm. so I'm finally feel like I'm I'm uh, stabilizing again. Uh, but definitely a week that's still going, just like Tay said, you know, school week still going, and uh, just just trying to make it through another week. But otherwise, can't you know can't complain. BK Matt. Yeah, I know Randy ain't talking about my hairline and he Haitian. I know he ain't talking. We 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 ain't gonna do that. Yes, he's <laughs> about your hairline. Don't worry, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on him. He's nah, talking about your hairline. Mine kind of like Tay. Throw, throwing shots in the comments. Uh, my week's going good. Just got a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, WrestleMania uh, season <laughs> is in full swing. So a lot of stuff going off. Wrestle rap. Emilio uh, is gonna be out in L.A. Uh, for Wale Mania coming up so uh so i'll be picking up the slack on uh on, on the podcast for the next couple of weeks. i heard a little bit about wally mania yeah um uh trandy fatu is gonna be the guest of honor so i've heard of her before stack yeah, no, stack wally mania this year and that's saying so, something well, wally wally, mania. i was gonna say wally mania is always stacked yeah but this year seems like it's just extra stacked and I'm wow. just like, well, it's you know, Wally Mania. Well, you know, Wally Mania is the real forbidden door. Tony Khan likes to brandy about this idea that he's got the forbidden door on lock. And it's like, no, you go to Wally Mania, you're gonna see shit that you're only gonna excuse me. Can we curse? Is this a curse? Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna see shit there that 
you are not going to see anywhere else. And Wally Mania? Yeah, you're going to see like cross-promotional stuff like, you know, Jade Cargill and Bianca Belair together for one night only in the same place. Like, that's the kind of stuff you see at Wally Mania. God damn. I need to go. Do it. Get your, get your ticket queens, to LA right queens, now. Queens. Nah, California don't so love the um, I mean, I'm excited for those guys. You know, I love, love, love Kaz. I love Emilio. So um, I want them to have the best of success. With Wale Mania, I hope that they get all the talent that they're looking for to come to Wale Mania, and I hope that it's the time. Um, I went to a Wale Mania before, and I stayed there for all the 12. Oh, and shout-out to Wale, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout-out to Wale, because um, – the, the one and only time I ever met Wale, um, I was actually at an IHOP. And I was standing outside talking to this guy. And he was like, we're talking about wrestling. And I, he was like, do you know who this person is, who that person is? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And he was like, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, so what brings you out here, WrestleMania? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I do a big party every year for WrestleMania. I was like, oh, that's dope. I was like, all right, brother, you know, what's your name? He was like, Wale. I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> had no idea. I had a full fledged conversation with this man. Should be ashamed of yourself. No. This is a year. What did I tell you? This was a years ago. Years ago. Years ago. And then also, shout out to Peter Rosenberg. So I hope that Wally Mania is everything, especially for Emilio and Kaz. Yeah, no. Emilio is great. Kaz is great. Kaz is one of the hardest working people in podcasting. I said Emilio. Like four different podcasts. <laughs> well, Emilio too. Uh, he's he's one of the hardest working men in podcasting as well. She said specifically, Emilio. That's it. Why okay. is she like this? That's gonna be the next shirt. Why is she like this? <laughs> like for real. The Tay uh, the Tay exclusive. Shout out to people in the comments. Um, shout out to Randy of Backstage Brawl. He's talking about Matt. He's saying ill the eagle. <laughs> Why Matt not showing his face, but that was before. Um, <laughs> he told me to ask Matt if KD brought the net championship. No, he didn't. You know who else he didn't bring a championship to? The Knicks. Mm. All this talk of like, oh, Kate, like that. If I just see that stupid side talk clip and again, I'm like, oh, KD, are you, are you coming to the Knicks? It's like, I oh, I saw he went, as far as I'm concerned, he went all the way on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. He didn't roll up to Madison Square Garden. He can go, oh, I like what the Knicks are doing. I'm going to go pull up and see my friend James Dolan and sign a big check there. No, he went He went as far away from New York as you could get. Okay. Well, Katie, he, he, you know, said it before, you know. And he's made of graham crackers, and now they're finding it out. Katie doesn't have the spine to be in a large market. I mean, even when you even when he went to California and he went to Golden State. Golden State, as even though they are multi-time NBA champions, they are still the third most relevant basketball team in California. You know, like the Lakers are going to get The Clippers are going to get pretty high billing because of how much money Balmer spends. And, you know, Golden State, yeah, they're great, and they're always going to get the, 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 the articles and the pieces at the end of the year, but – for the most part, Golden State almost flies under the radar most times. And then, obviously, in Seattle and Oklahoma City, 
you know, Katie was, you know, the, the, the biggest fish in a very small pond. You know, he's never had the spine for these large media markets. Well, he's, uh, I'll give him credit for this. He's been fairly honest, at least lately, about he's a guy who just wants to hoop. He doesn't want to lead. But at the same time, if he didn't want to lead, you knew the conditions coming into Brooklyn. You knew that you were going to be looked at as the guy. And you couldn't rein Kyrie in. All these, I, I cannot go, I've been, a, I've been a lifelong Nets fan. And I cannot stand like going into Nets like spaces on Twitter and having conversations with people. Maybe like a lot less so now that there's like new look Nets and Mikhail Bridges and all that. But during the like big three era, you couldn't talk to these people about any of the any of the deficiencies on that team. They doubled de- they did what the Mavs are doing right now, which is they wanna they wanna out offense you. They wanna run the board up and score 120 a night. But that doesn't mean anything if you're gonna let the Hornets or you know the Spurs come in with 125. Like that you need defense. And that's what Dallas is finding out right now. They're also finding out a little bit about, you know, Kyrie and the headache he can be. So, like, it's I look at what's going on there on the on the West Coast and KD going down, and there is some karma to it. Absolutely. Absolutely there is. Um, we're speaking about karma. Before we jump in, one more person I need to shout out. My little twang, Mercedes Greer. Shout out to her. And... Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. We spoke about John ja Morant a little bit earlier in the show. Um, so the, the NBA is giving him time served, basically. And um, he is suspended for eight games. He already served six. He'll be eligible eligible to play on Monday. Uh, for those who don't know what happened with John ja Morant, he was on Instagram Live flashing a gun in the strip club, amongst other situations prior to this. Um, he's went into counseling for about a week or so, getting all the support in the world, even um, just had an interview with Jalen Rose. Uh, my question to you guys, and I want to start with Queen on this one. What happens next for Ja? He gets the help that he needs. Obviously, there's a struggle with alcohol there. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to sound too overly critical, of what he done, he's doing a lot of, he's young and he's used to no one really holding him accountable or creating and setting boundaries. As you can see, like even his mother, he got his mother got into an altercation at a store and she's calling her son, who's worth millions of dollars to come and defend her at a store. So it shows you his mind, where he is and where his mindset and how he was raised. And um, I feel like at this point, you know, this is a time for reflection and maturity and learning to get to the root of the alcoholism and addiction. And that's why I don't cast judgment. I mean, it was so unfortunate to see him take that whole bottle of tequila to the face. That was not, that seemed like that was something that he did often. I mean, I know I've partied in my day, but that looked like you know, something that happened like more often than not. So hopefully he can, you know, rise above this, never make these mistakes again and learn from this because this could cost him his career. And also more, most importantly, he could have really hurt someone. Right. This could have been a different type of tragedy. 
So, you know, while I will show him grace, which I feel like a lot of people should, you know, addiction is no joke. And I'm not here to, like I said, point a finger and, and say, well, you know, you fucked up and this and that. Yeah, you fucked up. But, you know, the good thing about redemption is that you can learn from your mistakes and get to the core of it. And, you know, shout out to anybody who's on that road to recovery from addiction as well. Because as someone who's seen others struggle with addiction, it's not easy. And, you know, I hope that he finds the peace that he needs. Absolutely. Vin. Yeah, there's been a lot of moving pieces and pieces that are moving very quickly in this John Morant situation. And up until yesterday, when he did the Jalen Rose interview, I think a lot of people, not so much in the Twitter sphere and on social media, because you know how everyone gets, but by and large, a lot of the bigger media personalities, I think have shown the appropriate amount of grace on this issue, where a lot of people have been like, you know, like you were just saying, like, like, look, this is a mistake for sure. It's a bad look. Shouldn't have done it. We know there's been a lot of stuff bubbling under the surface with him and the Grizzlies for about a year now, a lot of different incidents. And at the end of the day, you know, people are just in a, in sort of a roundabout way. Like it's almost glad that it happened now when he's so young and no one got hurt where this could be the turning point where, this is the moment where he turns it around. Now, with that said, I think the Jalen Rose interview actually brought a different context to this. And I think it was kind of a bad idea. If I'm putting my cynical cap on for a second, I think it was a bad idea for him to have done the Jalen Rose interview. Because what that interview showed is several things. One, uh, they really put an emphasis on, you know, okay, um, you know, you just did uh, this sort of, uh, like, not blank on the word but like not a rehab but like i would just say rehab like you know you went through some rehab for the past you know a little while you know oh how did that uh you know how was that for you and it's like it's been a week like right. this is not like this guy who's been away for the rest of the season and now it's next year and he's back and we're trying to figure out like how he's going to reintegrate back into like he's been gone and now we know as well that like you said at the top he's already got six days served on an eight day suspension. So it's like, really the new information is he's got a two day suspension. And when this whole thing broke, it felt like, okay, we're going to give them grace and Jaws going to go away. And we're not even going to really see him, you know, for the rest of the year. Like maybe he comes back in the playoffs at some point, but like, he's got to just go and take care of what Jaws got to take care of. And and that's going to be that. And we're going to revisit this next year and give them all the grace and, and uh, you know, runway in the world. So I think the Jalen Rose interview was a mistake because now it's bringing to light like, OK, so he's coming back like next week. And he was only, you know, in rehab for this for a couple days. Like, is there going to be more to this? Not that we need to be privy to that. But if you're going to make that information privy by doing an interview like that, you know, I think that's what. Again, cynical hat on. That's what comes of it. And I don't think, and, and just as an aside, I don't know if Jalen Rose was the best person to have done that interview. Um, just because I think it was a little a little too buddy-buddy. And I get it. But there were some key questions that he did not ask in that interview. Mainly, like, what was stuff about, like, what was this whole experience like for you? Like, he kind of never really probed beyond the surface. 
And I think Jalen Rose was chosen because he they figured he would come as a friendly. Oh, and it's a total not, soft again, yeah, cynical hat total, on, PR total, hat on, it's a soft, soft piece, Yeah. It's a it's a soft piece. And also you want to I was a fan of the Jalen Rose um aspect of it only because player to player, like old G to young right. G. You know what I'm saying? No, um, that I part, do, that part, I like about it. But again, like yeah. if you're gonna do that type of an interview, one, it was too soon, and too soon. People want more information if you're gonna go that route. Yeah, it's too soon. Definitely. Uh, too soon. I, got I mean, yeah. you're 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 also kind of like you know, at the end of the day, we all know that. We could sit here and almost safely say that a lot of that interview was prepped. You know, you know what to say. He's got people around him like, hey, this is how we want to be presented. This is how the the, the shoe we have to put on and the face we need to show. Um, there's definitely a lot more work that needs to be done. And if John Morant were to come back sooner rather than later, it, 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 it falls upon the Grizzlies and the NBA really the Grizzlies to kind of just say, Hey, it, it's not the right time. There's still too much of a distraction around this at the end of the day. Like he is, John Morant is unquestionably the leader of that team. And he is needed to shoulder a lot of that load. And, you know, that could be something that is, is, is something that maybe contributes to the fact that he has some of the problems that he, that he's dealing with. Uh, and some of this, maybe he's, he needs, that that you know second person to help put the the, the load on and it's not it can't be all on Mike Conley's shoulder uh, not my my, my John Morant shoulders thinking about Mike Conley here but um you know he definitely needs to get a lot more help there's been rumored innuendo that there may be a longer under the table kind of situation where he may spend more time away from the team but there's a lot that needs to be asked and I think there's a lot that you know a lot that's also going to be unfairly thrown at John Morant. Let's be very honest. There's going to be a lot that is unfairly thrown at John Morant by the unfortunate, large, white media, the white fan base, those people that are going to sit there like, well, here's a, here's a young black man in a, in a, with a gun in a club, and what is he doing? What is he a part of? Like, we need to get away from all that noise. There's a larger issue here at play because at the end of the day, we want to talk about the long-term health of John Morant. This isn't just about getting John Morant this year. This is about John Morant being safe, being okay, and having a long-lasting career that isn't affected by these negative situations. And and I really do hope John Morant gets the help that he needs, and I really hope that the Grizzlies are a part of that. Um, Okay, playing advocate here. Um, am I overstepping if I said that the Jalen Rose interview looked too much more of a PR stunt than it did an actual trying to get to the bottom of everything? No, I don't think you're overstepping you at all. So uh, yeah, it, again, it's. But a, then again, would anybody win. would anybody have given him the hard question? Because Stephen A. would have probably went in there soft. A lot of people would have went in there soft. I don't think Steve Stephen A. would have went a little harder than Jalen, and I think you have the, um, like I said, the OG Young G type of dynamic between the two. I do think it was a P. Like 
I agree with Vinny that it was too soon. Because what could you have learned from this in a couple of days that could have made your perspective come across as authentic and meaningful? It's like it came across as, you know what, I fucked up. It's time for me to, you know, my publicist wants me to to get on the, the news and kind of have a mea culpa at this point mm-hmm. instead of after rehab. Yeah, because this was one of those situations where, again, before the interview, we all, you know, like, everyone was on Jaw's side, mostly, where it was like, where it was like, well, no, but I'm saying in, in, in general, like, the sentiment out there, the popular sentiment was whatever he's going through, like, clearly this was some sort of breaking point, and we just want him to go away and get better and come back. And by him coming back in, like, a week, that raises one. It raises a lot more questions. Raises a lot more questions about the, the state of the Grizzlies and their involvement in all of this and what they know. And then again, like it, it comes off as cynical. Like, okay, his PR guy was like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna do this interview with Jalen, gonna smooth things over. Then, you know, we got this suspension that we're running the clock out on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're gonna get back in hoop, and, and you know, everything's gonna be forgotten by the playoffs." Now again, maybe he does, maybe there is some under the table thing where he is going to go away for the rest of the season, and we just don't know that, and they're still talking that over with the Grizzlies. But that's that's not how it came off. So I know why they chose Jalen Rose because Jalen Rose had has had his own issues when he was in the NBA with his house getting raided, drug raided, him also having a possession charge um, as well. So he was the optimal person to do it because it made it look like, well, he went through it, so he should do it too. Now, um, I'm in the comments, and I'm reading uh, from Randy. David Stern would have suspended him for the entire season. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I love Adam Silver. Adam Silver is a player's coach, but I, but go ahead. Go ahead, Queen. David Stern would not have suspended him an entire season. No, really? well, you have to. Remember, we're at the end of the season right now, so like this is. So yeah. I think this yeah. in this specific case, he would have. The reason why least, I don't think so, not in the league when you had Dennis Rodman in the nineties, <laughs> doing all kinds of reckless shit. This was yeah, just, but this was just a Tuesday for for Rodman. And David got that criticism for not being keeping up with the times. See, I I think I could see it going either way because on one hand. When it came to Rodman, the Bulls were given a, a, a longer leash because Phil Phil Jackson had a lot of control over Rodman at that point. And then you go, you know, you fast forward. Now I'm thinking of David Stern when it comes to someone like Iverson, where he was like so sort of constantly in and out of David Stern's office for for erroneous re- like for reasons that are really dumb too, like all the dress code BS and stuff. But you know, still that that shows you the kind of guy that David Stern was where he could bring you in on that kind of um uh, you know flaw in his mind. Um so but I, I also, can totally see him doing something like this with John ja Morant. I also think it's it's we also have to remember like yes, John ja Morant has kind of made some dumb decisions over the last year, but by mm-hmm. no means is John ja Morant considered to be a malcontent in the NBA. No, no, John ja Morant yeah, is absolutely. not considered to be a problem. He's not like the Ron Artest, the Metal World pieces and the Allen Iversons that were considered to be habitual problems and habitual line steppers by people in the NBA. You know, John Morant is, 
John Morant for a long time, you know, for the last, what, year and a half, two years, was kind of being talked about as like, yo, could this guy be the face of the future of the NBA? Um, and so I think there is a little bit more of a leash and a leniency given to him. I think they recognize the seriousness of, of the problems. And I think also because of John Morant's star par- power and how he's kind of being positioned, I think the NBA is being a little bit more hands-on with this because they're like, hey, we don't want this to be a stain against the league. The league, for the most part, has stayed relatively stain-free in, in terms of big scandals player-wise for a while. It hasn't been a long time since it's been a massive player scandal. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last major scandals that the NBA has had have all been either owner or uh, or, or front office related. Or the referees. Um, Randy also says this, and I do agree with this, and I agree with this for any team. The Grizzlies need a vet. The gun possession isn't a problem. It's him acting out and doing dumb shit. Jen Rose, however, did protect Jabba, not um, coping to him having a gun, so he did not get suspended further. Um, do agree with that. I, like I said, it just, the situation when it happened, within a day and a half, John Morant was in, in, um, you know, he was seeking help. And that's the, pro- that's the thing that confused me. Um, it felt like at that time, and again, people are probably going to come at me for this, but when I saw it, it's, and again, it's not me attacking a black man. It's when I saw it and I've seen things like this because, you know, we've we've lived in the media in the, in, the, in the media era for a while. When something happens, somebody jumps to do something to cover up their tracks. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's what it looked like originally until it came out. Oh, well, he may have a problem. OK, granted, he may have a problem. But the way his team has handled it is, it was it was kind of shaky and at first, and then when you realize there's actually an issue there, again, I, I'll take my heat on it for thinking like that at the beginning. But John Morant is a great player. I don't want him to get the same stigma that Allen Iverson had as a, as a player in the league because that can cost him everything. Like, I don't want his head to get too big, like, oh, I'm above everything. Like, after this, I don't want him to be like he's above everything. Because realistically, if this was the beginning of the NBA season, you know, six to eight games, it wouldn't be a thing. He'll mix six to eight games and blah, blah, blah. He's missing – he missed six to eight of the last 13 games. That's important. Um I hope he does get the help that he needs and he returns when he's supposed to, not because the Grizzlies need him for the playoff push. Yeah, I think that's that's really the bottom line on this, that, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, was the Jalen Rose interview? Yeah, the whole thing's been a little messy right now, but yeah. But that'll but it'll be out of the news in a couple days, and it's good. And the next steps are going to be the most important steps because is he gonna, like we were saying, come back, you know, Mm -hmm. two, three games from now? And right. it's going to be super weird, and you know we're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, he didn't learn anything, or you know the grizzly, you know, we see the Grizzlies still having this sort of like we got to pump our chest behavior, yeah, and uh, you know, or is he going to get better? Is he is this like a genuine? 
contrition moment where like this is a kid who who fumbled a little bit and thank god it happened now like we were saying instead mm-hmm. of later and nobody got hurt right. and he learns from this and can you know fulfill his potential to become the face of the league that we know he's probably destined to become absolutely um there's another conversation about and again, thank uh, god. Uh, yeah there's another conversation thank god about gonna... the gun the, the gun issue wasn't his right um there's another conversation we're gonna have. I think that's dumber. Yeah, in actuality, yeah. no, it, it, that's dumb. It, no, that is dumb. You're not wrong with that table. What I meant by that is the fact, like, you know, one of the biggest parts of the NBA investigation was like, okay, a was that his gun? B, if it was his gun, was he traveling with it across state lines? And C, was right. he traveling was he br- with it? Was he bringing it to the, the arenas t- and carrying it at the, with the team around the team and things like that? So. The fact that all of he probably that was. that it, well, the investigation concluded that he wasn't. The NBA's investigation concluded that he wasn't. Uh, right, <laughs> you know, we we not Yeah, you know, <laughs> Gilbert Are- Gilbert Arenas, anybody? Cowboy up. Um, uh, Gilbert Arenas. You know, Gilbert Arenas was crazy for bringing it into the arena, even though other yeah. people were doing it. And he just got caught. Gilbert Arenas right. got to so, stop podcasting because he's been having some weird takes lately. You know, but I think that's where John Morant. Yeah, I think that's where John Morant really got off by not having the hammer thrown on him because the investigation concluded that a the gun didn't belong to him, he didn't transverse it across straight state lines, and he wasn't carrying it around the team or in the arenas. That's what really kind of saved. And big ups to John for admitting, like at the end of the day, that the gun wasn't his. Like yo, I was, you know, at you know, because we know a lot of people would have been like, try to keep that quiet. Like, no, I said you the gun wasn't mine anyway. <laughs> I would have said the gun wasn't mine anyway until y'all found it. <laughs> until y'all found it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, wow. Know. Wow. I've never seen that before in my life. Never, ever. Just never. That was the first day I saw it. <laughs> wow. Guns. I, I don't even out. know what that. I don't even know what that is. You saw I was, how I was holding it. I was holding it like this. <laughs> Oh man. Um, the NBA season is wrapping up. Um, April 9th will be the last NBA game of the NBA season. That's when the play-in tournament begins. As of now, your top three in the Eastern Conference is the Bucks, the Celtics, and the 76ers. And the Nuggets, the Kings, and the Grizzlies in the Western Conference. Um Vin. How do you feel about these top three teams, and are they going to stay atop? I think in the East, it's pretty clear-cut right now that those teams are going to stay pretty pretty much where they are until the end. Um, the West is a whole different ball game. You know, a couple games here and there can mean a big difference. People can jump all the way. I mean, look what the Lakers are doing right now. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to, you know, jump to the number four seed or, or three seed or anything, but – They've got a lot of wind at their sails right now that people didn't think they would have after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they can make a, a kind of sweetheart run, you know, think of the teams above them and what they can do. So the, the West is completely wide open. Then you've got, like we were talking about off mic, like the Kevin Durant stuff. We're like, okay, what if he comes back? Like, he went down and some people overestimated, like, oh, what are the Suns going to do without Kevin Durant? Suns were in like third, fourth place before Kevin Durant showed up. So like, let's not pretend like the Suns didn't have a chance to. 
Yeah, they just got Devin Booker back too. And then you can't count out uh, Golden State. Like, there's a lot going on in the West that you can't count out right now. Now, when it comes to the East, again, completely different story. Sorry, 76ers fans. I don't see it happening. Uh, 76ers always seem to be, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They're always like, okay, we're going to give you a fun season. Joel Embiid, like, probably, you know, obviously he's got MVP consideration right now. But even with that, it just feels like, you know, are they going to beat the Bucks? I don't think so. Are they going to beat the Celtics out? Like, I don't, I mean, maybe the way the Celtics have been playing a little erratically lately, but I think the Celtics are going to get it together by the time the playoffs roll around. I think for them, like, they're kind of, you see it's happened a lot where teams get this sort of, like, late season fatigue where they kind of put their foot off the gas a little, like, uh, yeah, like like it just happens. So I think the Celtics are going to get their their stuff together. Um, if I had to pick a dark horse, I would say like the Cavs could probably make some noise, and that would be the most interesting piece of the puzzle out of all of them. Because I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it right. could in the next couple of years. If the Cavs were to win a title in the next couple of years without LeBron, that would almost be as big or a little bit bigger than winning one with LeBron because that would show them that they can do it without needing a once in a generation talent to get there. And that would sort of set them up for the next God, like 10, 20 years, like give them hope to spare in their tank for like a generation. So like, that would be really interesting if they kind of made a run, but, but you know, then you've got the Knicks below them and the Nets. I think the Knicks, I think the you know they'll make a little noise, but I think the Knicks are going to be kind of they're not really going to be a factor late into the playoffs. Nets, right. I think, are um, they're they're trying to hold on to that six seed, and I think they can. Um, you're seeing the team coalesce right now. You know they're winning big games, but they're also losing games they should win. Like they're figuring it out. They're they're in like a soft what I would say like a soft rebuild mode. They're not fully rebuilding. You know, now we're seeing, you know, Mikael Bridges, you know, coming into, um, I'm not going to say all-star status, but he's certainly playing like an all-star lately. And when, you know, the trade first went down, a lot of people had this idea like, oh, like the the Nets are now decimated. They got to go into a full rebuild. I don't believe that. I think they are conservatively right back where they were seconds before KD and Kyrie arrived, which is a great place to be because that means that, they could attract someone else to come to them because they've got the the depth. So I would not be shocked if they make some moves in the off season, but that's for the off season. They're not going to make a big run this year or will they, who knows? But I think that it's going to be the bucks. And if I had to call it in the West right now, I don't know about the nuggets. I mean, I, I just don't know. I would like to see the Suns make it, even though like I'm angry at KD because I'm a Nets fan. I, I would like to see, the Suns and Chris Paul and Devin Booker get another crack at it. Um, before I and me and Pete have said this on the show plenty of times, Matt never wants to hear this, but prior to KD and Kyrie coming there, the Nets were a solid team. They definitely were. Yeah, yeah. that is yeah, let me yeah, let me let me if you allow me to jump back on a soapbox for a second. Because yeah. again, as a, as a as a lifelong Nets fan. And this is where, again, I talked about, like, I can't talk to some other Nets fans during that big three period. Because I would tell them, 
Garbage that the period. most fun this team because oh, I would because I would tell them, and again as a lifelong Nets fan, the most fun I've had being a Nets fan in the past couple of years was that period right before KD and Kyrie showed up, and a little bit after, like that first year that KD wasn't able to play, because they had depth. They had a bunch of guys that worked hard, mm-hmm. could win against any team in the league on any given night. Again, the consistency wasn't there yet, but on any given night, they could pull out a banger and just completely overachieve. And it felt like they were building something. And then throughout the whole big three period, they traded that all away for big stars. They never improved on defense. Steve Nash is going to go down as a, as like maybe the mistake in terms of bringing someone in, player or coach. Because right. his whole plan was, even in the playoffs, was just like, okay, let's roll the ball out there and hopefully KD will get us some buckets. Like, that's not, you need defense. Like, yeah, Jacques like Vaughn. He's like an all-star game coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Jacques Vaughn uh, is a good coach. He's not a great coach, but you know what he is? He's a coach. He wants to play defense. He wants to draw up plays for this team. And that's all that team ever needed. And they didn't get it with Steve Nash. And... You know, that caused a lot of dominoes to fall. And then, you know, Kyrie caused them to get scared and go out and get Harden. And they trade away assets to get him. And then Harden left because of of Kyrie. Kyrie's the linchpin to all of it. But like he's by far not the only domino that, that caused the whole thing to fall. He was the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i tell you one thing, though. Queen was the first one to say it. Uh, that when even when they made that trade for Harden, that it wasn't going to work. It wasn't. Like, I was so I was it, apprehensive it, it, when they did. I yeah, was like, okay, I get work. it. Like I'm hoping for the best because you brought in a you know, former MVP. Like it's James Harden, but at the same time, like how many more? You know, the the, the Nets prided themselves on having a deep bench. Mm-hmm. How much of that deep bench are you going to keep giving away just to get superstars? You need to go out there. I mean, we got him for nothing, but like, you need to go out there and get Blake Griffin. Mm. Like, <laughs> how, how we? How many guys are we loading up on this team? Right, um, Queen. I know you've been really critical of the NBA, um, but how do you feel about the, how this season has gone, especially the last tail end of it? It's boring. <laughs> How is it boring? Let's get into it. I feel like, you know what? I was watching basketball the other night. And I was like, you know what? You know what I realized is missing from basketball? Passion and defense. The def- Okay, here's, here's my take on modern basketball. Is that there is more variety going on in the modern game than ever before. No, hold on. Than ever before, but it depends on the matchup between different teams. Because of that variety, you could have two teams match up where it's horribly lopsided, or two teams that just don't play defense. Vinny, there are, are a lot of different. Are you, are you mansplaining this shit to me right now? Oh no! What do you mean I'm, man- I'm like mansplaining basketball to you? Like, no, Run, Vinny. No, I'm not. I'm not running. I'm right here. 
Can you explain to me why someone six foot ten is taking three point shots? Can somebody please explain that to me? Can somebody? Be- because they because there was because a press they said a couple of you because they can. I can hula hoop. Not everyone should. Right? Not everyone hoop. is Damian Lillard. Not everyone but you is Steph Curry. Standing here, motherfucking hula hooping for a living, right? But you know what? Those teams don't win the championships, and they're figuring that out. People said Giannis because everybody get wants to be. It's because everybody wants to be Dirk Nowitzki. Right. Right. Everybody wants to get the Dirk Nowitzki type big man on their team. Oh, let's stretch the floor because if their power forward or their center has to guard our power forward and center and they pull them out to the three-point line, like that opens up the hole. This is why we're seeing point guards and two guards get more rebounds than ever before historically in the NBA. This is what led to the rise of the, the almost nightly triple double because you've got the, the the presence of the big men the six foot ten six foot eleven seven and they're taking all the shots going out to the wings going out to the wings and shooting and now you got all the fucking six foot two six foot three six foot five guys getting all the rebounds there should not be a situation where the person who is listed as your power forward or your center is averaging less rebounds per game than your two guard or your point guard I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. And and all I'm saying is I think that's going to come down to earth eventually because you look at some, you look at like a situation again in, uh, in Dallas, even before Kyrie showed up, it's like, what is it? Okay. We got Luca. Luca's great. Luca's taking all the shots, but like, where's the defense? You got to have a well-rounded team. Look at the teams that have won the past couple championships. Like even the golden state warriors who people, site is like okay they you know they revolutionize the three-point shot all that they still play defense like they're not just throwing one guy out there to get all the shots and you know a bunch of flotsam and jetsam you know behind them just doing nothing you know twiddling their thumbs like that's but it's still been the highest scoring finals I, i would say what the last 10 years progressively have been the highest scoring playoff series the highest scoring finals series of all time i mean we're not seeing those, you know, we're not seeing in the playoffs defense being a staple like it used to be. We're not seeing those games where it's like, yeah, the Golden State Warriors can go out there and score 120, but then here comes the playoffs. They're going to score 105, and they're going to hold you to 95, and that's what's going to happen. And and we can say that, like, the, the offensive prowess of players in the NBA is much more evolved and is much better. But at the end of the day, it really isn't. Everybody's doing the same thing. Okay, let's be. Let's just be. Let's just talk dollars and cents here. There is a reason why in NBA betting circles, the highest bet, the most common bets you see nowadays, are three-point shots by players. Right? How many three-pointers? Like it annoys me when I look at a stat line like last night for the Boston Celtics. And at some point in the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum was 0 for 8 from behind the three-point line. Like, at what point do you take your game and start doing other things? Because you can be a dominant player in other ways behind just sitting behind the three-point line and chucking up shots. Why is it, you know, yes, and people will sit here and throw the stat at me. Oh, but three-point field goal percentages are the highest they've ever been. Yeah, but the law of averages states that at the, at the rate at which they're shooting three-pointers nowadays, they're making 
more than they used to. So now your your averages are going to go up. Your averages right. are not going up because people are becoming better free, three point shooters. They're no, just shooting. They're more. still missing. They're just shooting yeah. a shit ton more. So just on throwing, average, they're making the a lot more shots. You know, and it, it it's it's ridiculous because you're not seeing set play. Listen, I remember one of the most commonly overused phrases you would hear from basketball analysts when watching a game on television was half-court defense, the half-court offense. This, mm-hmm. this team is a master at the half-court offense, or this team is a master at locking you down in the half-court on, on defense. That was something the Spurs were always great at. That's why the Spurs But now it doesn't matter because they're going to take the shot anyway. The half-court, they're going to get the half-court and just take the shot from the arc. Every, everybody's, and the funny thing is everybody's playing a zone defense or everybody's playing a man-to-man defense, but everybody's giving up three-point shots. Listen, I went to a college that, like, I don't want to say revolutionized it, but in a sense revolutionized the zone defense, the 2-3 zone. Jim Beheim's 2-3 zone was incredible mm-hmm. for so many years. And at the end of the day, while the zone defense, you know, wants you to shoot, it makes shooting harder because it makes you have to continue past the ball and run out the shot clock. But nowadays, it's, you know, you've seen these games where it's like, if, if guys and if teams are holding the ball for the entirety of the shot clock, they're chucking up a three. And everybody's driving and kicking, driving and kicking, driving and kicking. You know, that's why Ben Simmons is such an anomaly, because Ben Simmons can only score by, by driving to the basket and laying the ball up which is just like, it's so weird for people in this generation of the NBA. Yeah. And then the, and then the question becomes, okay, like we've identified this as something that is not as fun to watch, kind of takes the, you know, the heat of the game down, lowers the temperature um, for all, for everyone involved, fans, a lot of the players in some cases, but then like, what do you, what do you do? There's no, like what MLB is doing with the pitch clock, whether you think the pitch clock is going to work or not, like that's at least something where it, it there's logic behind it, where you right. can look at it and go, okay, there's something. To, but like, what do you do for that in the NBA? Where like, you know, how do you square this circle with people taking too many too many three point shots? Do you that, li- that's do you limit the amount of you limit the amount of threes people can take in a certain time period? Like that's the only thing I can think of that would possibly rectify that. Nobody's ever going to sign on to that. Go ahead, Queen. I think we're too far gone in the NBA with this. I saw a score that was like 134 to 126. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? If you put that score on a game in like the 1987, people's heads would explode. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, I'm just like, you know, everyone's chucking up shots and, and drawing fouls and not playing a game. It's just like I watch this and I'm just like, hmm, I'd rather Guys not. taking. What? Oh, no, I said sorry. I thought you had uh, the, the, the lag. I thought you had finished speaking, so I didn't want to cut you off. Um, what I hate, Queen, is people taking, like, half the game off, Right. Like, Joel Embiid, I think it was like about a week ago, had like almost 30 points at halftime in a game against somebody. And, you know, when we talk about the stars of the past, like that would have meant, oh, my God, they're going to go 60, 70, maybe crazy amount of points. This might be a record-setting night. And then I think, like, Joel Embiid ended with 37. He ended with like 37 for the game. 
It's like, so wait a minute, you, you scored 30 points in the first half. You didn't sit in the second half. You played another 18-something minutes in the second half, but you could only score seven points. And I guarantee you the defense isn't stopping you. So it's like this idea of, like, guys taking, you know, nights off, guys just not performing, you know. It's just not the and, same and for me. It's just not the same yeah. for me. Period. Yeah. And it's I really used to have no. – go ahead, man. No, I was just going to say, like, as it comes to load management, like, that's a great point to bring up because a lot of people cite load management as a huge problem right now, and it is. But I think the story behind the story is that it's not keeping players any healthier. Like, if anything, I think it's creating atrophy because what you're seeing is a lot of these guys that take time off always seem to be the ones that get really injured you know, chronically, like every season. And I think that's because the more time, and you talk to athletes and they, it's no secret, like they'll tell you it, that if the more time you take off, the more you're not working your body out, the more you're not working those muscles, the weaker you're going to get, the more susceptible to injury you're going to get. So you're, you're almost better off playing the full 82 games if you can and, you know, giving your body that extra push and that extra workout because it's going to get stronger. You're going to build a tolerance. But also, like, I remember, you know, watching basketball, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, even when things started to change in the NBA. Like, you would see score sheets where you'd have multiple players scoring in double figures. You'd have guys getting 10, 12 points here and there. You'd have guys actually producing. And I think this is also a larger symptom because we're not seeing the same kind of rotations that we used to, we're not seeing the same kind of usage out of a lot of bench players, you're seeing a lot of teams rely so much on their starters and their big-name stars, and they're not producing at the same level. So when the bench guys do have to come in, they're not ready to perform, and they're not able to perform at that high level that you need them to perform. And we see that a lot in the playoffs. When the stars get into foul trouble, when the stars are tired, when the stars are not able to do the same workload because they've been carrying a team for the regular season, and now you need your seventh guy, your eighth guy off the bench to come in and give you impactful minutes, and they are essentially trash because they have not gotten the reps during the season. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Load management is the biggest piece of crap that the NBA has introduced, honestly. Um, and these top-heavy teams, and we right. keep showing time and time again, that formula doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you, do you know when I see the Philadelphia 76ers, I cannot believe they're in the third place in the Eastern Conference? Well, I feel like the wins are so ugly. Oh, but yeah. That's the thing. Like, like, you get shitty the stars. Wins. You'll, you'll, shitty get, wins. you'll get <laughs> shitty wins. Like, you'll get enough to be the third seed, the fourth seed. Right. But, and, but like I was right. saying before, you're not going to, like, they're always going to be a bridesmaid, never the bride, because they don't have the type of team that the Bucks have. Where, like, yeah, Giannis is the star, but he's always got, like, these great role players around him, and he's an unselfish player. He knows when to when to pat, when to to pat kick it out to guys, like, when to let other guys take, you know, have the moment and shine. Like, that's a team, like a, a team's team is what the Milwaukee Bucks are. I cannot say the same thing for the 76ers, who have gone through this process over the past 10 years, quite literally, 
where they they banked on just we want a couple stars, and now they've got Doc Rivers, Mister Fool's Gold, uh, who like somehow is finagling his way into another coaching, you know, high profile coaching job. Like <laughs> he, he's not going to get them anywhere. Sorry, I went off on Doc Rivers. I just, I just James Harden is trash in the playoffs, guys. So the Philadelphia 76ers are not going to do anything playoff worthy because James Harden is, is garbage in the playoffs. I don't care. I um, I keep getting thrown. Oh well, last time he was in there with the Nets, he was injured. Okay, what about the time before that when he was in the playoffs and he was playing bad? He went five for like seventeen. What about the time before that when he was in Houston, where his whole team, including himself, went over for like twenty three? From the three-point line in, in the closeout game. Also, let's not forget why time. also let's not forget why was he injured during that Nets playoff series? Because he came into the Nets uh practices out of shape. He got into shape real quick, but yeah. he came in out of shape and had extra weight on his knees. Like yeah. he did the it to only himself. Time James Harden. The only time James Harden has been good in the playoffs was when he was part of that young big four in Oklahoma City and Seattle. When it was Westbrook, Harden, KD, and a young Serge Ibaka, that was the last time James Harden was relevant and good in the playoffs. And then he disappeared in that finals. And then he disappeared in that finals. They just were. They by just the way, were yeah, yeah. By the they way, Dre, um, when you were talking about positioning in the East and the West, uh, I do yeah. want to say I think you know. A lot of what happens with this John Moran situation, I think, is gonna is gonna really dictate where the Grizzlies end up um, in, in the West. Um, Sacramento's young, but I don't think they're ready for something like this. I'm really intrigued by Phoenix because I think Phoenix has a really good team, even without Kevin Durant. Um, but unfortunately, you can't you can't uh, discount the Warriors. They've been there, they've done that multiple times. They they've weathered the storm with injuries multiple times. And there's just another gear that Curry and Clay and even, you know, for, for lack of a better word, Draymond Green himself, there's another gear in the playoffs for those guys. In the East, I think, as you've all said, the top three is the top three. And I hate the fact that I'm going to say this. As a fellow lifelong Nets fan, I hate what I'm about to say. I think the dark horse in the East, even though I think they are really a second-round team, is the Knicks. And it's because I think exactly what I was just saying, granted, it's been because of injuries with the Knicks. They've gotten a lot out of a lot of players on that team. Quickly can be good. RJ Barrett can be good. We know what Randall can and can't be. We know what Brunson can be. Mitchell Robinson has, for the most part, been healthy. Jericho Sims has seen quality playing time. Quentin Grimes has seen quality playing time. The Knicks are easily eight to nine uh, serviceable players deep of guys that can score for the most part, with the exception of Sims and Robbins and Robinson, at least 15 plus points on any given night. I really think, even though I think their ceiling is the second round, if they can really get their shit together, I really think the Knicks are the team to really watch in the East. I don't think the Nets are. I think the Nets still have a lot of self-journey to do on who they are because I think we, we, we saw, what was it, um, uh, Cam was getting that run when they made the trade. and then they Now he can't get on the Cam court. And, and, 
and now he can't get on the court, but the guy was scoring 40 for three, three, four straight games, but now he, he can't get off the bench. You know, I, you know, so they're still trying to figure themselves out. Um, I think the Knicks are really that dark horse in the East, just given how that team is constructed and how many good quality players they have, one to eight, one to nine. My problem with the Knicks is that Tom Thibodeau will drive his star players into the ground. And once they get to a spot where they really need um, Brunson or they really need Randall, they won't be serviceable to them. I can see that. Uh, yeah, I think, again, I think the consistency with the Knicks is going to be an issue. I think they're a team yeah. right now that, much like I was just talking about the Nets a couple Ooh. years ago, on any given night, they can severely overachieve. Mm-hmm. And I think they are ready for uh, a second round run. I don't think they would, I, I don't see them going any higher than that. But I think they've got the pieces there to be interesting and, and relevant, which is a big thing for Knicks fans in the next couple of years. Although Knicks I mean, fans don't, sure. get too, don't get too comfortable because I, 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 the one thing I do not like about the Knicks being very uh, competent right now is the Knicks will win two games. And all of a sudden, Knicks fans will be like, we're going all the way, baby. It's like, calm down. Calm down. You're good. You're good. You're, you're good. You're very good. But you ain't great yet. I think that double OT game against the Celtics was really a good measuring stick of, like, if the Knicks are actually producing up and down the lineup and they're, and they're playing at their best, they can be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and, and that was also a game that, for most of it, they played sloppily and, and mm-hmm. still were able to keep up with the Celtics. And, and, again, that just goes to show, like, I, I worry about Tatum sometimes because of his shooting woes. You know, what I love about them is I think, you know, you have Robert Williams, who's really good, Horford, Horford who's severely underrated, and, and Jalen Brown, who I think does not get enough credit for how much he's carried that team. Because Jason Tatum, while he may be the biggest name there – has not been the most productive from a statistical standpoint. It's been Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward from basketball, this topic I really wanted to get into, um, and us Giants fans have nothing to do with this. We have our quarterback. We're fine with what we got. We we just acquired a tight end um, with a seventh-round pick. So we we cool. We good. Um, I don't think I don't think we're much better. If Waller stays healthy, I think we're I think we're more we'll be more consistent this year. I think we you know, I think if Sherlin Shepard stays healthy, Mm -hmm. who re-signed with us today, um or yesterday, um, I think we have a chance to make it out the wild card round. The Giants definitely do need, I think, at least one or two more receivers, though, Tay. Uh, I think Waller was a good pickup, but Waller has injury history himself. But I think if Waller's healthy, Waller is probably the best tight end the Giants have had since Jeremy Shockey, if Waller is healthy. Um, You know, Sterling Shepard, if healthy, can be really good. But, again, we can't really depend on him being healthy. I think the, the Giants definitely do need one or two more receivers. I think Saquon can have another very good year. I don't know how much gas Saquon truly has left in the tank. I do think you overpaid. 
for DJ, but you had to, and I think you guys got a very good quarterback. I, I like the moves the Giants have made. I like the culture the Giants have been building in that team. But the Giants definitely need to either draft or, or trade for at least one or two more receivers to really start building that team. But the Giants are scary. I think the Giants, if they stay healthy, can be scary. Yes, I I agree. Yo, these Instagram algorithms be effing me up, man. What, what are they showing you? What, what you got? Is it Zeke Elliott in a Giants uniform? No, it's this this little girl. Not yo, I, I type it even, in chat. Type it in chat. <laughs> which, by it, the way, it, it Zeke crazy, Elliott. But. Zeke Elliott getting cut by the Cowboys just made me laugh because I'm like, wow. So we gave this man all that money and he was a bum for three years. And then you sit here and you're like, mm, we're going to cut him and eat all that money. When everybody in their mama said, Zeke, anybody who had a brain that wasn't a football sympathizer or Stephen A. Smith saying, give that man his money. Man. Everybody said it was not worth it to sign Zeke Elliott to that kind of a contract. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, um, definitely wasn't worth him. And as I always say, when the Cowboys do Cowboy things, oh yeah, Zeke, Zeke, El- oh, 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 hello, oh, oh. all right, some, some cheeks going on there. I need, I, I need there. to see ID. I need to see ID. I need to know. It's not no. a child. I can clearly see it. Now. I would never. First of all, good boys. <laughs> I don't trust it. Definitely. I don't trust it. Pete, we really I don't trust it. I've been, I've been, listen, I've been to DR. I've been to DR where you have to ask a 14 year old and a 40 year old for ID because they both look the same. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't trust it. That was my Instagram. Well, you know, another person that I don't trust is Aaron Rodgers. Oh. To- Oh, that's that's what we get into. That's what I was leading up to. I just wanted to give the Giants some love before we got here, since you two. Are- but I do want to say, uh, but I do want to say that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley deserved another shot this year. Yeah, under yeah. Brian Dable, but just not forty million for for, for Daniel. I mean, so so fucking what? I mean, who else was they gonna fucking get? Lamar Jackson. <laughs> We had no chance. We have no. We don't got enough money for that. <laughs> we don't got enough money, no. for, money for that. They could have gotten Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Tay goes away. Tay just gave yeah, me the look. The Baker Mayfield yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. You can you can have that. The Jets could have got him yeah. too. She gave me she gave me the old Baker goodbye. Right. Well, he got signed <laughs> by Tampa Bay. We know. Tampa Bay. <laughs> he could have been y'all. Could have been. He could have belonged to y'all. But I do want to get nah. into this whole Aaron, Aaron Rodgers ordeal. Um, and I'm saying it's an ordeal because there has been no pen to paper with Aaron Rodgers as of yet. But he is making move, basically making moves or trying to make moves for the New York Football Jets. Um, Vin, how do you feel about what's going on with your team? Um, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers in in general? Aaron Rodgers, obviously, you can't deny you know, his prowess on the field, but as a person, as someone who is constantly in the media and by media, I mean, on Pat McAfee's show. What do you show, mean by as a person? 
I'd like to elaborate. <laughs> Maybe the type of person that doesn't call his mom on Mother's Day. Uh, he might not. Father's, father's Day. He may be too high on ayahuasca. I don't know. Like he may be in a in a hole you somewhere. Know what? You know, on darkness retreat. Then, then yeah. yep. Aaron Rodgers don't talk to his parents. Oh, he doesn't talk to his parents. No. How do you no. feel about Aaron Rodgers? Dishonorable parents. Dishonorable. And, and then, then one unless to be your quarterback. <laughs> well, even before I knew that he didn't talk to his parents. Which, I mean, look, his parents may be awful people. We don't know. But uh, assuming they're not awful people, it's very disrespectful by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, but he's also he's also the most boring. Like, I don't know why Pat McAfee interviews him so many times. He's the most bo- For a guy who's talking about drugs and taking ayahuasca and, and darkness retreats. Like, if I, if I put out, like, a bullet point sheet of a guy, of, like, a... Um, uh, of a football player it was like, here's what this guy's into. Here's the rundown. We're going to have him on the show. You're going to look at the sheet of Aaron Rodgers and go, Oh, this is great. Uh, this guy's going to talk about taking ayahuasca in the woods and going into the dark. We got a lot to work with here. And then you hear him and he's the most, but bo- you could use him to put your child to sleep. Like he is the most boring man I have ever heard give interviews. And he's dragging this process out. I mean, green Bay technically is dragging it out. But, Green Bay is, is 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 the problem. But he but he ain't helping with the whole like I gotta go in the darkness no, retreat. He he, he what he did when he, he definitely put not his, helping. He put his his kitten caboodle on a table. It was like, look, I want to go play for the Jets. Green Bay, what you gonna do about it? And now he's making demand, which I get. He's making demands of the Jets because he wants people he's comfortable around. It's not unheard of. It's logical. Purportedly, um. But also, I think just Poor in general, I don't. I know uh, people have brought He's up the Lamar Jackson, thing. but people have brought up the Lamar Jackson thing where it's like, oh, why didn't the Jets go and get Lamar Jackson? A lot of Jets fans will defend not getting him by going, oh, it would cost too much money and the cap and salary and all this. I call BS. If you wanted to go and get Lamar Jackson, you could go and get Lamar Jackson. If the Jets wanted him, they could get him. And in my opinion, they should have got him because history is repeating itself. Brett Favre came to the came to the Jets, and now Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets. He's only going to be signed for a year. They're trying to get him for two, but more than likely it's just going to be one. So now you've got this weird stopgap where you're only really hiring him or you're, you're signing him because Joe Douglas and Robert Sala want to keep their job, so they want to guarantee that they get to the playoffs this year. So you're taking a huge gamble on a guy who's about to turn 40 years old. Okay, yeah, we saw Tom Brady go and do it post-40. Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what he's got left in the tank. What is this man? Yes, he's won, like Matt said at the top, before he left for whatever reason. Um, that he's, you know, back-to-back MVPs. We know all that. But where's the title? Don't you forget the labor. Show me the baby. Like, where is the title? And he's got the but one title, again, and that's great, of... and titles are hard to come by. But you're taking a big risk when you could have got Lamar Jackson and been set up for the next five-plus years. I, and you're, you're not wrong, Vin, but the only thing I'll nick you on is, like, I could say the same question about any of the quarterbacks the Jets could have gotten out and, 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 and gotten, right? Because none of the quarterbacks they were getting was named Patrick Mahomes. None of them was named uh, Joe Burrow. None of them were named 
Tom Brady, right? So no, you know, no. where are the titles, right? Right. But but at the end of the day, here's the thing. Listen, I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I've been a Jets fan since since Stavardi was our quarterback. I have been a Jets fan through the Chad Pennington years, who was my all-time favorite Jets quarterback, bar none. I, I sat there and watched Wayne Corbett kill himself on the field, <laughs> concussion after concussion. Oh, I wake up every game. morning of a big bowl of Corbett crunch. Are you kidding me? Right. You know, and, and so I, I, I rode for my Jets for a very, very long time. I understand why we went after Aaron Rodgers. Now, the logistical reasons as to why we don't go after Lamar Jackson, he is a restricted free agent. Any team that would sign him would probably have to super overpay him so that the Ravens don't match that contract because the Ravens have the right to match any contract he is offered. Um, also with that, he has he has a non-exclusive franchise tie to where he can accept any deal. The Jets would have to just – any team would just have to send – um, two first round picks for him as well as well, that's what I said. The Ravens, so, right. the Ravens have yeah. the right to match any offer. So that means that any any team that would have tried to sign Lamar Jackson would have probably had to give him a, a ludicrous contract that would have like severely overpaid him for the Ravens to be like, oh, no, and nobody wants and nobody wants to give him the guaranteed money. So like, right, that's, you know, that's we're good. We'll take your two first round picks. I still would have taken Lamar Jackson, as Vin said, for the security of it. But honestly, Vin. I'm going in another direction. I didn't want Lamar Jackson. I, I, I'm okay with Aaron Rodgers. I'm worried about what the compensation package is going to be, but I didn't want Aaron Rodgers either. You know who Why? I wanted? Who? I wanted Derek Damn Carr. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can't Carr. I can't disagree with Why? that. Like Derek Carr would have been good too. You know, <laughs> you know how Dre feels about Derek Carr. Why? Yeah, but I wanted Derek De- Carr. Derek drive Carr, off the road, listen, right? Like, no, no. no. He, here's why. Here's why. Because Derek Carr would have done three things. One, he would have brought stability to that franchise at the quarterback position. Two, he would have done exactly what Vince said about Lamar Jackson, just not as much time as Lamar, but he would have mm-hmm. given the Jets more than three years at the quarterback position. And, and, and this is the big one. Derek Carr, the same way he's done in every stop he's been in in the league, mm-hmm. would have been okay with understanding that his time in the NFL is on the back end, and he would have been okay with when the Jets draft a quarterback not named Zach Wilson, getting whoever the future is going to be ready. Right. The only reason why Derek Carr did not do that in Oakland is because he was essentially unceremoniously let go by Josh, I don't know how he has a head coaching job, McDaniel, right? At the end of the day, that's the reason there. But Derek Carr would have brought stability, would have given us the years, would have allowed for that young team to grow with a non-diva starting quarterback. Because at the end of the day, uh, Garrett Wilson is now likely going to have to play second fiddle to Alan fucking Lazar, to, to whoever <laughs> else the Jets bring in. He wanted him here. He burned. He burned that. He burned that goddamn cheese head, and he wanted him here. Oh no, that's right. You know, and, and I get that. I get that. I get that. But my goal, if I'm the New York Jets, is Garrett Wilson being a number one receiver. For yeah. Me. My goal for the New York Jets is making sure that Brees Hall is a number one running back for yes. us. Like yes. that's what yes. I want to do at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. But what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Aaron Rodgers is going to want to get his boys, 
the ball, whoever it is. And now the list, I'm okay with Lazard. I'm okay with Mercedes Lewis. Okay. I am even okay slightly with Randall Cobb as a third or fourth receiver. But God, 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 I do not want us signing Odell Beckham Jr. And the reason simply is this. Mm -hmm. The amount of money, the amount of guaranteed money he will command on that contract will lock up our cap situation to such a point that Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall will not be able. Because here's the thing. They're not going to get re-signed. Those are two players who are going to get and should deserve restructured contracts and the Jets are not going to be able to do that if they sign a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. who is going to command guaranteed money on the cap. Well, again, this is the stuff that I like to talk about on my pod where it's like the story is Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets. But what Pete's talking about right now is the story behind the story, which is Derek Carr would have absolutely been better because with Aaron Rodgers, the gamble is you're putting all your chips in the middle of the table right now. You, you are banking on winning a Super Bowl this coming season. So if you don't do that, you're probably taking those hits to your cap space. You are taking those hits to salary. You are taking those hits to, again, like you said, if you draft a new quarterback, you think Aaron Rodgers like, gives, a, gives a shit like what Zach Wilson's up to or like prepping him or anyone else who's going to come in to be the future of the Jets? He doesn't care. But Derek Carr... <laughs> maybe recognizes that a little more. Maybe he's more willing to recognize his limitations and be that guy who's going to mentor someone on the come up. Aaron Rodgers ain't doing that. He's a diva. He wants his guys on his new team and he wants to, hopefully he wants to win a championship this year. And if that doesn't happen, Jets are screwed. Jets might be screwed also, for a little while again. Um, I Who are the Jets, Jets playing a tough conference. But be that as it may, I know I've been very, very, very critical of Aaron Rodgers over the past, what, three years? Because he doesn't speak to his parents. Because he doesn't speak to his parents. And I feel like it's weird when you don't speak to your parents. Like, I think it's it's strange. It's a strange thing. Like, um, I'm so tired, guys. That's why I'm, like, losing my chain of thought. And I broke down and got Wendy's for the first no, time. No, listen, I was just going to say, you were making me hungry this whole time. I see you snacking on Wendy's over there. I want a spicy chicken sandwich. My my usual diet consists of... None of that shit that she None eating. of that that I was eating <laughs> chicken right then. I normally eat very clean. But today was just the day that I had to treat myself. No, you, you you've got you've got to give in. Look, I've been trying to lose weight for a couple months now, and you know, like I had some nice salmon for dinner, but I know that like okay, yo, know, you eat, you shouldn't let, you should allow yourself to give in, but know that it's not going to blow up your entire month. That you can put a day or two aside to be like, I'm gonna have the Wendy's, but you but, you don't let it blow up your entire week. You don't let that spiral you out of control. I work out two hours every day. Oh, you can eat whatever the, you can eat Wendy's all day. Go go indulge in the Wendy's then. Get that chili, get Wendy's. that baked potato, not get those spicy in nugs. Don't do none of that shit. Do it. Nah. 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 Um, get the frosty, dip your fries in the frosty, do all of it. I've done that before and it was actually really good. Um don't do it no more. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Um I've been really critical of Aaron Rodgers over the past few years. 
I do feel like um, the Jets do get better with Aaron Rodgers and his cronies. Mm-hmm. I do feel like they they have a tough schedule coming up um, this season. They have one of the toughest schedules in the league, especially in the AFC. Um, but I do feel Aaron Rodgers is a regular season quarterback. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't disagree like, with that. Yeah, he's a regular season quarterback. He's going to give you MVP level production. I he's do gonna feel, go. Yeah. No, go ahead. I do feel like they are trying to mimic the Tom Brady recipe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that year one in hopes that it'll shake out with a a, a Super Bowl win for the for the Jets, right? And to be honest, I do not have a bad feeling for of the Jets for this season with Aaron Rodgers. I feel as if if they get Odell Beckham Jr., I feel like that's when it's going to get a little weird. Um, uh, weird in a good way. Uh, Things are about to get spicy in the in, in Jets. It's about to, like, you know, gonna... you know what's going to happen. The ticket prices are going to go sky high because everybody wants to see Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, but I do. Do I feel like this makes them a playoff contention team? Yes. It's going to be the Brett Favre season all over again. Because yeah. people forget that Brett Favre season, they had a they had a good record. Yeah. They were what, like eight and four? They had a good record. Yeah. Couldn't, you know, didn't seal the deal or anything, but, you know, Brett Favre, I think, got hurt. And he also had that, you know, uh, you know, sexting scandal, but um, that we all, he's had a lot Favre, of other scandals too. Brett Favre, Brett, Favre, Brett Favre should burn in hell, allegedly. Oh my God. Part. I was just about to say the thing. <laughs> he's a terrible person. And you, you would not believe how much of a mark I was for Brett Favre in the 90s. Like, Brett Favre and those Green Bay Packers made me fall in love with football again. And then it was work done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but now you you allegedly, allegedly, because he's going around suing people now, um, you know, money from steal the welfare money from the poorest right. state in the union. Like, come on. Like, the fuck out of here, Brett. The poorest greasy, state in, in the country. Greasy behavior. Greasy behavior, but his his pedigree in the past does not, for me, surprise me at all. But I will say about um, getting back to the Jets, though. Um, I think at first I was like, hmm, Derek Carr, hmm, maybe. But does Derek Carr make you better? Aaron Rodgers is going to make them better offensively. I would say that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what Aaron Rodgers is also known for it's choking in the playoffs. Shitting the bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're putting a lot. They're hedging a lot of bets on the man that's going to take them into the second round of the playoffs. Second round town. Second round town. That's mm-hmm. it. Now, do I? When you look at the AFC, when you look at the freaking Bengals, when you look at the damn Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I'm not even going to disgrace myself by saying the Buffalo Bills. I was sitting on this damn podcast for two we're years. Done, we're done with them. We're done talking with them. about, oh, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills. You know, you can't forget about them. They are forgotten about. <laughs> then you have the Miami Dolphins, who are a pretty solid team. 
who yeah. if they had a seasoned quarterback during the playoffs in that game, I forgot who they they, they faced in the wild card. It just it it escapes me right now. Yeah. No, but, but you're right that these teams should have won it. They, they should have won, won it. it. If they didn't have their third string quarterback, they would have won. Yeah. I don't care. Not the yeah. not the Super Bowl, of course. But they would have won. Um the Jets become where the Bills were with Aaron Rodgers. To me. It just feels like the Jets were again, it's not one to one, but I'm getting Netsy vibes. From the Jets, <laughs> where it's like you, where it's like you're building something, and then you see a shiny uh, new toy that's not really that you, new. And then you see and James you're like, Harden. Oh, let me, yeah, then you see <laughs> James you Harden. You blow up your team. It's like you know Pete hit on the head, where it's like it's not about Aaron Rodgers. Like mm-hmm. it's like yeah, it's about him, but really it should be about all the other players on the team, because the thing that the Jets were missing is competency competency at the quarterback position. You don't need they don't need greatness at the quarterback position. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't give you greatness at the quarterback position anymore. Yeah, he'll, he he's great. He's Aaron Rodgers, you know, multiple-time MVP, Super Bowl champion. But again, like he's definitely on the back end. Derek Carr, you could say, okay, he'll be on the back end as well, but you sign him longer and he gives you the stability. That team needs stability and competency at the quarterback position. Everything else you can work around because they've because the whole thing with the Jets is they've got those weapons. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to bring in Aaron's crew and like just get his guys in here and Aaron you know Rogers. put put all your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket and. You know, see Robert out of all the years to do Alaska it, and, yeah, right. But, but in all in all the years <laughs> to do it, like you have probably the toughest schedule in the league. Because again, you have That's to play. It, as yeah. said, you have to play. You have to play Buffalo twice, Miami twice, New Man, England twice. Buffalo. Right. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> those are regular know. season games that count. I'm sorry, like, like Buffalo is right threat to them in the regular season. We're talking about all this regular season stuff. He's going to be good in the regular season. This is what no, Aaron Rodgers No, but hold on. But hold on. Tay. No, no, Tay, you hold on. Who else the Jets play? You, about, you was going for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I, had to go, I had to go pay on tab. I had to go pay on tab. Oh, you pay? Yes. That's good to tip. I fight her to put her card away because she don't. What she pulls the card out. I'm like, no. Yeah, I fight her to put her card away. Because she'll pull her card out. I'm like, uh, excuse me? She's- Anyway, anyway, um, the Jets also play. The Jets also play. Your girlfriend needs to hang out with me. I swear. Where y'all at? She wants to. She says she wants to. Where y'all at? Buffalo Wild Wings? No, the Bronx Bear Hall. Hang out with you and can call you a bum in stereo. Yeah, but but you know you know what's killing me? It's like you know she you know your bill was like what sixteen bucks? No more than that. Okay, twenty seven bucks. More than that, but okay. Oh, okay, thirty. Come on, are, don't short sell them. Come on. You're, you're splurging tonight. Thirty five dollars. Did you did you uh, get her tires rotated today too? <laughs> hey now. No, she came, she came from work. 
She came from give, work give here. It, gave her the old pep boys. Yeah, a gift. But, uh, that was his gift. That was his Christmas gift. A thirty-five dollars certificate to Pet Boys. No, it wasn't. You know what my Christmas gift was. You liked it. And... Anyway, Christmas the is Jets like four also played out of division. Have you bought her another division. gift since then? I bought her loads of gifts since then. Loads. 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 The Valentine's loads. Day loads. gift was a five-phase gift. Five phases. Five phases. Yes, five phases. <laughs> she got yeah, one like gift the Jets, every uh, five-point plan. She got or... one. She got she got one gift every three days in February up to Valentine's Day. See, that's Peter a man who cares. Peter getting tight. His ears getting red. He getting tight. He's like you five gifts. My ears. Five gifts. He's like yeah, <laughs> a free car wash certificate, um, <laughs> jumper cables. Incense. Incense. Right in. Jumper cables and incense. What, what is going on? <laughs> what type of shit y'all got? No, he, he, really about, he really cares about her vehicle. There's a myrrh, myrrh and frankincense. Uh, but no, like at the end of the day, the Jets You're talking all this shit now. You're going to be. Let me say something, Peter. I'm, I'm, I want you to keep the same energy. When the, when the Jets season starts and they start looking really good during the regular season, I do not want you and Matt. To be sitting here falling for that fool's gold because I on, did, did I say in my gut. Was I out here? I'm, I'm sorry. Did I miss something? Was, was, was there someone out here? Was there, was there was there a scroll out here impersonating me talking about I'm so happy about getting Aaron Rodgers? No, 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 no. Yes, scroll. Aaron Rodgers is great. <laughs> Aaron, 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 Aaron Aaron Rodgers is great. Aaron Rodgers will get us some regular season wins. Aaron Rodgers, I don't even know, and I'm going to be very honest with you, I don't know if just because we get Aaron Rodgers, we're a playoff team, and here's why. Because, again, we have to play eight games in our – we have to play, sorry, 12 games in our division, which Mm -hmm. is a tough division in and of itself. That's – that's I mean, that's um, six games there. Then you have an out-of-division schedule that includes – the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. We play the AFC West and the NFC East this year. We play the Giants. We play the Eagles. We play the Commanders. We play the Cowboys. We play the Chiefs. We play the Chargers. Y'all gonna go three and one. Y'all gonna go three and one in that in the NFC. We play. three and one. We play the Chargers. Commanders. You're beating the Commanders. You for damn sure beating them Cowboys. Oh, for sure, guarantee. For sure, <laughs> guarantee. Tell you who you're gonna beat too. You gonna. But then we got the Chiefs. But we got the Chiefs. We got the Chargers. We got the Raiders, and we got the Denver Broncos, who are hoping for a renaissance uh, under under Sean Payton. I just got Wilson. you five. You just got. You just got. Name me five winnable games. Okay, she gave so you a five go, point, five, a five phase plan. Five. So, okay, so what we're gonna go. So what are we going? Five and thirteen? No, you guys are you guys are going to be over five hundred. <laughs> because it, okay, well we split. Let's say we split against Buffalo. Let's say we split mm. against Buffalo. Let's say mm. we split against Miami. Mm. We split you're against the Patriots. Miami. I'm, you're beating Miami twice. I don't. I don't think we beat the Patriots twice. You beat. The, you're beating the Patriots. Beat, uh, they're gonna beat the tar shit out the Patriots. Yeah, you are. <laughs> what are you, you talking are. about? You that happened. Yeah. The Patriots. 
that happens, I'm going in know, darkness we, retreat. Yeah, yeah, we have we have such a tough schedule this year. I have a really, really, really tough schedule. You know, and, and so I'm, I'm very worried. To get to his mama. He ain't, he ain't gonna do it. He's gonna pocket it. He's gonna be like, "Oh, thank you. I'll give it." There he slides. Yo, he, he goes into pocket. the forest and, and like smokes peyote, and then she, he chews peyote, and had a vision that the New York Jets were gonna be his his destiny, his destination. And to Vin's much earlier show, point, if I to Vin's much show, earlier point about about Rogers being boring. I mean, what did you expect from the guy out of? No, to your earlier point boring. about Aaron Rodgers being a boring, a boring guest. I mean, what did you expect out of a guy from Chico, California? Okay, and who went to boring. who went to the University of California at Berkeley? This man is the living embodiment of Cheech and Chong in the twenty first century. Aaron Rodgers is a what? shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> in the okay. next ten what years, is these Green Bay out. quarterbacks. In the next ten years, it <laughs> comes out that he's stealing from the welfare in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, we gotta watch it. We got someone put some cameras on Jordan Love. We gotta watch it. Right. Aaron Rodgers is gonna be stealing money from people in Queens in the Bronx. <laughs> he's nice. For real. <laughs> Roger, yeah, now right. that he's in New York, he's gonna be selling a uh, uh, candy no, bars. He, to he had to turn off the camera like, so he could make sure that he didn't see us. His, his let, let us see that his girlfriend paid for that whole meal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> paid for the got, pay for those got, chicken tendies. He's like, um, he said, he said your order was twelve dollars and sixteen cents. <laughs> My Venmo is at Peter Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Jets fan tip? for Jets fan just for life. <laughs> Jets fan for like twelve. Like <laughs> twelve. Yeah, cables. Jumping cables. I'll say this before we, we move on. I said this before. I'm going to say this again. Aaron Rodgers is a bomb. Him t- that too, but him specifically. He, uh, Pete left. He tight. He oh, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah, nah. He was leaving. He was leaving. But why are you saying goodbye? What are you, what are you? Nah, he's no, he's bad. coming back. He's coming Bring back. a guest on the show. And you can't even say him and Matt. You know, they're, not even, they're not even nice to our guests. I'm sorry, Vinny. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Where's is my five point plan, Pete? Aaron Rodgers exactly. is, Rodgers is the Dallas Cowboys of the NFL. Yes. Aaron Rodgers is the James Harden of the NFL. Mm-hmm. He let yep. you down in the worst possible time. moment. Multiple Every- MVPs, but nothing recently. With nothing like, to show for. Damn. Like, what are you? Mm-mm. I wish Matt was here because he'd be like, that man, that man. And I'm like, he was trying to get on. He was trying to get on. I saw yeah. it. He kept trying. You know, but the powers that be did not want it to happen. <laughs> that man. No. Spe- that Spectrum. Man. Yeah. That Spectrum man. Cable did not want to. Oh, not not Spectrum. Do you remember the triple play? Yes. Yes. They gave Daddy Yankee a bag to do that. Yeah. That was not even Daddy Yankee. Oh, that, that was no, nah, that was the no, rip off. That, that, that was that was that was Daddy Mets. That was like sorry y'all, sorry y'all. Daddy Mets. Yo, Daddy speak Mets. about the Mets. Poor Did Edwin Diaz. Boy. <laughs> and I'm a I'm a Mets fan. I'm a hardcore Mets fan. Yeah, see, this is like all the losers, huh? You like the Jets? You like the, the Nets? Mets. And you like the Mets? I mean, the rain. I like the rain. The Rangers are doing good. I would say how game about that hockey? Weekend, by the I way, was, let's do that, that hockey. That was okay. Well, uh, 
I mean, I didn't understand fuck all what was going on. You don't need to. I was sitting there like this. But, uh, but, but, yeah, Edwin Diaz. I went to an Islanders game and they were like, let's go Islanders. And I was like, Long Island is a place that I know we always rag on the Bronx. Long Island. Long Island is like where the bottom, I think it's the bottom of the barrel of New York City. Wow. Big, big slam on Long Island tonight. Long Island is the Bronx with a Gucci belt on it. Yeah. Listen, I'll ta- as someone who comes from Staten Island, I'll ta- <laughs> as someone who comes from Staten Island, I'll take the Long Island slander tonight. You oh, want, no, Staten- I, I oh, knew man. you came from Staten oh. Island for some reason. I just knew it. Damn, the best thing about y'all is Wu Tang, and that's it. Like now, the pizza you got to come out for the pe- best pizza Never. in New York. Never, never. Well, that's your problem, then. Never. No, that's your problem. I'm not getting on no. No, pool. I'll be. I'm here no, getting I, fat off paying, pizza. I'm, I'm not, not paying. paying um, I'm not paying twenty something dollars on the Verrazano to go over. Yeah, no, like, no. no, not for something I can get in Park Slope. <laughs> right, I can get right across the Verrazano Bridge, right in Park Slope. No, you take the you take the ferry. <laughs> not riding. On I had no idea pizza. you guys even. I had no idea that you guys even had a train out there until I went. I, I've been to Staten Island maybe five times in my entire life. Twice is <laughs> to go to the Statue of Liberty or something like that. What? Yeah, that the long, damn, you took the long way. <laughs> yeah, really. I, how does that work? Going Statue of no. Liberty via Island Boulevard. Yeah, you took the real long way. Yeah, no, you have one that time, one thing that comes from the bottom to the top. <laughs> my first time I was ever in Staten Island, right? It was the day after our prom. And my friend's parents drove us to Six Flags Great Adventure. They lived in Staten Island. And this is when I, this has changed my view on people from Staten Island. Supposedly, their car broke down around the mm-hmm. corner from their house. And we had to take the bus, the S79, from Staten Island on Highland Boulevard into Bay Ridge. And I was like, fuck Staten Island ever since What's well, on them? Don't judge the whole island. Just I, had <laughs> I had to. Well, to. well you're going to come here because I'm going to set you up a familia. So, oh, know. my God. Oh, my God. No, you can bring him to Park Slope. You're, you're going to be spending a lot of time Not around Forest Avenue. You can bring him to Park Slope for that. No, I. do you know that I've gone to Staten Island every Friday this year because my mom's dentist and doctors are out in Staten Island. And yeah, best bent, best work, dentist in New York, baby. My work phone got stolen at Staten Island Mall on Christmas Eve. Yeah, best robbers in the city, baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you big you bigging up that that false borough, man. That false, borough. It up. false borough. You know what though? I always tell people I would rather live in Staten Island then, than then. a lot of other places in the country. <laughs> Because oh. it's close enough to everything. Okay, I can go to. I'm right next to New Jersey. I'm right next to Brooklyn. I'm right next to Manhattan. I would rather I'd rather live than Staten Island. Would you I'm rather li- live in? Rather not live than Staten Island. Oh yeah. Okay. Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. Like I've got a bunch of fam- most of my family Alabama. lives in. Most of my family <laughs> lives in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, and every time I visit them, I'm, I'm like, this is I, cozy, I guess. But like, I would never want to live here. I've like, been to Lancaster. I've been to Lancaster. Yeah, Amish, been to the Amish country. They, they make the, the best cheese out there, yo. The best cheese, uh, shoe fly pie. Um, what is a shoe fly pie? It's like this. Um, it's like molasses pie. Nah, hard. So it's pack. just like very sweet. Flag on the play. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, get that shit out of there. <laughs> get that, all that out of there. I mean, I mean, look, I would rather just stay here and and shove Zeppelins in my face instead. But you can do that. I can eat, I can eat some Zeppelins right now. I think that's gonna be my next cheat meal. Are I'm you saying you you and Emilio, you go out with the, go go to Nino's? <laughs> Yo, he's real set on that. He's real set on that. You know, Listen, you he, know what? He, I think we're gonna have to spin the block on that idea we have for Valentine's Day and just have it <laughs> on, on just have it in the middle of a random show, just have him pop on. <laughs> be like, <laughs> oh, we have a surprise for you. I'm <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, what the hell? I was gonna say. Back to Aaron Rodgers and the damn Jets, right? <laughs> so we were on Edward Diaz. <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot about Edward Diaz. Because they yeah, got the no. world, because they got the World Baseball Classic, which I, I don't care about the World Baseball. Cl- I know some people do, and it's like it's a more recent thing, so they're trying to grow it into something. But as a Mets fan, it's like this is what happens. Like mm-hmm. Edwin Diaz goes and plays the World Baseball Classic. He gets injured now. Like he's probably out for. They'll probably be out for the season or some some yeah, bullshit. It's not the Olympics. It's the World Baseball. Like, just don't do it. Mets just be metting, and they have enough money to not be metting, but they just continue. Oh my God. There's a a song that they play when he comes out the clothes the the, the Timmy Trumpet. And I can't get that. That song has been in my head all morning since I heard the news (laughs) last night about what he did. It's been in my ear all day. And I'm like, la, 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 la. Stop, make it stop, make it stop, please. <laughs> well, while, while we're on baseball, the new pitch uh, pitch clock that's being implicated. I think it's going to be a great idea. Love it. I love it. Hurry up. Don't stand around. Mm-hmm. Seven hours long. Yo. Yeah, this whole, this whole idea. This whole idea. Because I know some players, like, fuck Manny Machado. Like, he's like, oh, the pitch clock is going to ruin the integrity of the game. Stuff. Well, oh, you know what? Yeah, like the freaking you, you know what? you guys bro. fucking, you know what? You, you, you guys. No, here's the thing. <laughs> like people you guys steroids. fucking if you wanna if you wanna make that if you wanna make that claim, steroids aside, <laughs> you guys fucking ruined it. Because how many times do I gotta watch a five hour game where the guy gets out of the box, he chews his gum, he spits out some tack, he he fucking scratches his balls, fixes his cap, and then gets back in the box, gets out again. No. You got 18 seconds, baby. Get out there. Yeah. Shit it. off the pot. Yeah, let's do it. Like, like someone put out an example. I think it was Jeff Passon put out an example in the preseason where um, it was like runner on every base. And batter comes up. Uh, he doesn't get in the box in time. They call a strike. Game over. And people were like, is this what you want in the playoffs now? You want games to be decided like this? It's like, first off, yes. that's not going to happen in the playoffs because people are going to get used to it. And any manager who allows that doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. They actually need to be fired if you, if you allow that. Right. So that's a situation that's either not going to happen at all, or if it does happen, it's your fucking fault. Right. So here's how it works. There's a 30-second timer between batters and a time limit between pitchers. After receiving the ball from the catcher or umpire, pitchers are required to begin their motion within 15 seconds with batters with bases empty or within 20 seconds with runners on base. Um, This also applies to the batters. If the batters are not in the boxing time, of course, they will take a strike. If the pitchers do not throw the ball in time, they will get an automatic ball. 
This yeah. is done to speed up the game, which we were just saying. And, and we it, it like has seven hours. It, yeah, it's it's already worked not only just in the minors, but in the in the in spring training. Games have gone down from being three hours and twenty minutes mm-hmm. to some games are two hours and fifteen minutes. Right. Perfect. Finally. Yeah, like like the the little little and, and these. And and these people that are claiming, oh, like this is not your granddaddy's baseball anymore. It was two hours and fifteen minutes a game back in nineteen seventy eight. They said, so this is bringing it back to your granddaddy's game. Like this is what you want. You just don't know it because it's a pitch clock in your face. It's not some unwritten thing that they is like dragged the it. They dragged it. Let me tell you something. These marathon games. Made it impossible to watch. I love yeah. you know you know I, I I am not what you would call the person who's well versed in baseball, but I I would watch during the playoffs, right? And I would you know I'm I'm a big I don't mind the Mets so much. I love the Yankees, but I don't mind the Mets. But it's just like the games got longer and longer and more unbearable to watch. So hopefully this marketing scam that they're trying to do. Marketing scam? <laughs> hey, guys, the game's going to be faster if y'all want to watch. This, this hey, come, watch it. <laughs> come watch it on TBS. You yeah. know what Yeah. <laughs> Braid versus Mets for the 20th time this season. Oh, Go my ahead. goodness. <laughs> and I think almost every single Mets game I've ever gone to, they played against. The fucking Braves, <laughs> like yeah, Braves, Phillies, or Braves Mets, and I'm like, I, I think I are these the only people they play? <laughs> oh man! But yeah, yeah man. Well, it's also it's also old people, like older baseball fans, mm-hmm. that rail against this stuff and are just like, oh well, like uh, baseball's changed, and you know this this sort of sepia toned image of. You know, like Ken Burns documentary and <laughs> fathers throwing baseballs with their sons in the backyard. It's like, I'm sorry, with that's the not American the game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's wife well, coming out with pie and everything like that. Yeah, like, like I mean, look, I mean, look what they do every year now. They do the Field of Dreams game. What's more cornball, like, white America <laughs> than, like, we're going to look at this Kevin Costner movie. Where like oh yo fathers can bonding just, with their with their can with I their just say how much I love and... me some Kevin Costner. He's, he's he's I'm sure he's a nice man. I'm sure I he's great. Like, but... I, let me say <laughs> I I don't know if if it was I'm sure like he's a, a nice man. size thing. I I thought he was the hottest thing ever when I was a little kid, and now in Yellowstone he gives me granddaddy vibes. Oh, we know that's what you like. <laughs> we know that's what you like. Like those, like those granddaddies? We know that's what no. you like. No. But oh, I yeah. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Kevin Costner. This like is not about daddy, you right like, the, like those gills? Oh, it's not about <laughs> you right <laughs> now. Okay. You know those gills? That. Oh, man. Guys, um, that is a wrap for this episode. Shouts to Mighty Vin. Um, we appreciate you. Yo, we on. need to have you on the show more. You know what? Sure. Shout outs to me because I'm the reason why they got you on the show today. So <laughs> Tay was Tay was in my ear. I was like, book it. Book it. <laughs> there we go. Tay gets what she wants. Thank you. Oh, she does. The queen gets Always. what she wants. We're definitely gonna have you on more, but Yo. please. Oh, I would love it. Oh, please. I want him <laughs> and Matt on together. I have to save my comment for when we go. Got you. Got you. I will let you know. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt was here for like a second, got got kind of got into it a little bit, and then left. I guess he doesn't want to smoke. No, he can't handle his little ass. He had to jump. He had to jump into his little Winnebago and head on to. Hey, hey, hey y'all gonna leave my brother alone. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> like, no, he all in the comments. He said, I'm gonna talk my shit in the comments. Talk it, that man. <laughs> my man said he gonna talk his shit in the comments. I was looking. I was waiting. I was waiting for him to say something. He ain't got shit to say. I I'm waiting. Been... It's been two hours. I'm still waiting. God damn you! You gotta crinkle every <laughs> single piece of paper. <laughs> like, oh man, uh, Vin, please promote and shout out your brands again. Once again, yeah, uh, go subscribe no, to teenagers Oddball. Are, teenagers are weird, dude. Like, I feel like I'm in a goddamn Twilight Zone. What's going on? You what, what's are. vexing you right now? Yo, she said, You are, you are. <laughs> what's going you on? What's are. That's the second, that's the second star of the show. It, it, it that's my daughter. Up. And, and then her daughter, <laughs> the match kid. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have noticed in a couple kids. episodes, and that like Matt will be talking, and then the background is like a little kid is like run directly across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're, but you're supposed to yeah, love the kids. Go, man, let the ladies know where to find you. For the children, yeah. Go follow me. We will take us for the children. Come to stand out. We'll go to Ghostface uh, Coffee Shop. He has a coffee shop called Killer Coffee. Can I just talk about how much I love Jonathan Majors, by the way? <laughs> talk. Do it. Go ahead. I, I posted a tweet, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. <clears throat> is this appropriate for the show? It how is dare that. you? <laughs> this man right here. It's okay. plastic off the sofa, church on Sundays with a huge meal featuring collard greens and yams, five children's, one nickname man man, getting thicker than a snicker, cut the lights because the electricity too high, sitting in the porch in the summertime, type of fine. Did you? Is that on Twitter? That's on the burner account. Okay. I was gonna say, you do you guys follow me on Twitter? Yes, I yes. do. I do. Too. Do you like to, do you like tweets about this week? I did. Yeah, I posted a thing about cool high, and you were I like, think, I think I'm tripolar because I, I have different egos. <laughs> like now it's ten o'clock at night. My true personality is coming out. Like anytime between nine a.m. and seven p.m., you may get like seventeen different versions of me, mainly corporate day. Yeah, I was I was watching Cooley High on Pluto TV, and you were like, "Oh, I and love that I'll take mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. It's always happening. It's, it's so hard to say goodbye to, to yesterday. yesterday. I'll make sure I add that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Vinny, please let let the girls know, let the ladies know where to find. Let the ladies know where to find you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Mighty Vin. Uh, follow uh, Oddball. Uh, you have to say more Forte confident than podcast. That, Yeah, follow Oddball Vin Forte over on Twitter at Oddball Podcast. Follow me over on Instagram at Vin Forte NYC. Follow Wrestle Rap on all the accounts at Wrestle Rap. It's the wrestling podcast I do with Emilio Sparks. Sports podcast is just me. I also uh, have a sub stack where I do. Yo, can you say that music. name again one more time? I just want to see her face when you say the name again. <laughs> 
Emilio Sparks. There you go. Uh, or you can follow him on Christian Mingle. Throw that ass in the press circle. Six yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's your Rico Suave. That's who he is. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, I also have a sub stack where I write about music. Uh, I got some articles up there uh, this month on um, on De La Soul because we got De La Soul Day. So I did one on Stakes is High. I uh, got another one up. You listen uh, to hip hop? Yeah. He lives in Staten Island. He don't got no choice. <laughs> the <hip-hop, laughs> yeah, the hip-hop, notorious hip hop <laughs> capital. <laughs> Not, I, 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 so you took it too far. Talk about the notorious hip hop capital. Joking. Nothing. <laughs> Yes. Not me. Yes. We're not finna do that. That I'm not. I'm not doing that. Never ever. Mm-hmm. I would never claim that. We we'll, we'll wait for you to get off the boat in part. Shout seven. out to my boo. <laughs> Shout out to her boo again. Say the name. Shout again. out to my boo. Who's listening? Emilio Sparks. Love it. Can't wait to do it. No, I, I legit, my boo is legit listening, so. <laughs> Shout out to Tay's boo who is listening. Exactly. Um, I'm happy she like you enough to keep you around for a little bit. <laughs> and now she probably looks. Yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. Capital H I M. He's him. He's the guy. He's him. Mines. 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 Oh, God. For the voice of yeah. Generation Pete Rosado, for BK Matt. And for, for my man. For Mighty Vin. Yeah. For the Queen. And for Taze. And for Taze Man. For, for the, Taze Man. Man. The, 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 cream in her, the cream in her coffee, the sugar in her honey pot. Not the cream in her coffee. Oh, man. It is your boy, Big Baby. <laughs> Signing off. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>